the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. And welcome back to the conversation. 606 here on the Friday edition of Lifeline. Hour number two. Yay! As we continue on our live coverage from the 58th annual Bass Convention held once again this year at Redwood Chapel in Castro Valley at 19300 Redwood Road. And if you're planning to come to that general session tonight, I understand, by the way, I didn't stay for it because we had a busy day planned for today. But last night, Andrew McCourt from Bayside Church, I understand, was absolutely phenomenal. So no excuses. Come out and join us off the 238 Redwood Road exit. Come on up to Redwood Chapel and plenty of free parking. You can... Um, Come in and register and uh, be a part of the general session tonight with Kurt Harlow from Bayside Church, Sacramento. And then, of course, workshops all day tomorrow, breakfast in the morning and general session keynote with our own Dr. Jerry Buckner, who um, is going to be here and speaking tomorrow morning at 9.30 a.m. in the general session. So much to look forward to. Complete details available for you online at BassConvention.org. That's BassConvention. Dot O-R-G. So much of what is taking place here at the Bass Convention, as it does every year, and we talked about this with Jeff Miller, the senior pastor from the Host Church Redwood Chapel earlier tonight, um, about the notion of sharing ba- best practices, encouraging one another in the faith. Um, you know, in a, in, a, in a mission field like the San Francisco Bay Area, this can get challenging. It can get discouraging sometimes because there is competing competing worldviews and philosophies, people coming from different parts of the globe with different ideas, changes in culture and certainly society where maybe two generations ago you had to talk to people about why it was important to have a relationship with God. Today, oftentimes, you may find yourself in a scenario where you're having to explain that God even exists. Joining me now to go a bit deeper, we're joined by Ryan Sue. Ryan is the um, head of the leadership team and uh, leadership school school at San Francisco City Impact. And Ryan, good to see you again. Greg, good to hang out with you again. This is a subject that you, you just you never run out of steam on because yeah, sure. it's such a constantly changing dynamic. And, and it's interesting talking about 58 years of the Bass Convention. Imagine how drastically the approach to ministry just in the Bay Area has changed in the course of almost six decades, sure. not just through culture and society and mores, but even technology. Wow. Yeah, and then like, I'm 34 years old, and I am not old by any means, but I've seen even uh, ministry change from when I was in youth group, where it was very much just games-oriented, hangout, pizza, and craziness, to seeing social media being the forefront of youth ministries and devotionals being the thing that pastors are doing now uh, in that arena. And so we're, we're, we're learning, uh, even in the midst of San Francisco, what we're doing there um, at City Impact, that as we're serving a community like the inner city, like 
the methods may change, but the method, the message is always the same. Absolutely yeah. so. And, and that message of hope is, is perhaps even more critical today because there is such a sense if you watch the headline news at night or yeah. just sit down with a person and, and start to talk to them about what's going on in their life, yeah. in their marriage relationship, what's happening at work, oftentimes you get this strong characterization of an individual that really has a sense of hopelessness. It just feels as if there's you know, no, no bottom to the end of the, the ditch at the bottom of the valley that they're yeah. experiencing. Yeah. And I've been on staff at City Impact for four years now, you know, volunteer prior to that for four prior, so since 2012. And often the people we encounter in the Tenderloin are at the bottom of their hope, right? Like there's there's no view left of, of what uh, the light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, you're, you're you know? so deep down that hole, you look up that because the sides darkness. go up so high, it's nothing but darkness. There is no exactly. light at the top. Exactly. So what we try to do is just simply say like, hey, look, Jesus is still there. And look, the churches that are with you, we're, sh- we're pointing you saying, look, don't lose hope. Don't lose sight. Even though the rest of society keeps telling you, like, there's nothing left for you. Just give up. Like, we are here to say the church has not given up on you. Jesus has not given up on you. I, I'm curious, given the kind of challenges that a ministry like San Francisco City Impact faces, working in an area that is so diverse mm-hmm. and has the influence of so many different ways of thinking and cultures and all of that, uh, what what drew you into this? What what said to you? You know, you think I think I'd like to labor in this particular field. Yeah, uh, let's just say this wasn't part of the ten year plan. Uh, when I went to seminary uh, and graduated in two thousand and eleven, I had planned to be in youth ministry forever and ever and ever in the suburban church. And I came on a mission trip one year in twenty twelve that completely changed my life. I where was that mission trip to? To City Impact. Really? Yeah. So like, where did you? Where were you coming from? I was coming from the city of, uh, from Los Angeles uh, County. Okay. Uh, I was at my home church, uh, primarily just comfortable, safe, affluent neighborhood, and working in suburbia. Yeah. Okay. And what eleven, eight, nine, ten years removed from that, I look back and like. I can't do ministry in suburbia. It's too hard. I look at the Tenderloin and say, this is where God's called me. Um, Because on that short mission trip, that four or five day mission trip that City Impact hosted, I saw God do things that I didn't know was possible, that my heart grew for a community that I knew nothing about prior to that trip, where I would interact with people that were complete strangers and I would end up sobbing with them, hearing their life story. And so, honestly, just a simple interaction meeting with someone, staring them in the face, seeing their, hearing their story, that is what drew me and so many of our staff to serve in a place like this. So you came with the notion of wanting to make an impact, and God had the plan to start by impacting your life first. Yeah, yeah. I, I think often of so many of the friends I've come to know in the Tenderloin, um, and I don't see them as homeless or low-income they're just friends. They're just people I love, people I know. And I can't tell you it's because of my capacity to love has grown. It's really like God's given me a burden for my friends and given me a heart for this community just by being here, just by coming day in and day out. Does the church, in your opinion, you spoke earlier about working in suburbia down in Southern California, being comfortable with that? It's, you know, churches that have lawns that are neatly trimmed and the building outside is nicely painted and the uh, parking lot has fresh striping yeah, on it, yeah, you know, yeah. so it's it's a comfortable place to be, right? Uh, I, I wonder, though, when we talk about this kind of ministry, 
in an area like the Tenderloin, yeah. uh, and that's not to pick on the Tenderloin, but it's here, it's in town, so we, we, we know about it. It's sure. part of our, yep. our backyard, our neighborhood, where there is extreme examples of poverty, mm-hmm. um, homelessness at the extremes. Anybody who has, for example, come into town to go see Hamilton at yeah. the Orpheum or yep. the Golden Gate has walked through Civic Center. parts of, of the Tenderloin and go, yep. wow, what has happened here? Mm-hmm. And there, there are those like yourself whose hearts are broken by all of this, some who are repulsed. Yeah. What do you say to the sector of the church that says, oh, no, I'm just not cut out for this? Yeah. No, they, you know what? They, there needs to be a program. We know that they need help, but there sure. needs to, the government needs to deal with this. Sure, sure. Is this singularly a government problem, or is it more of a church problem? I think that's a loaded question. It's an absolute it is, setup. It is I, a setup. You saw right through me there, Ryan. <laughs> but when you look at it, when you look at James one twenty seven, the whole thing, religion that's pure and undefiled, care for orphans and widows, it gets to the heart of Jesus, that the church needs to see these people who are struggling first as people, not as problems that need to be solved. And I'm not here to say that everyone needs to have the biggest heart for people that are extreme drug addicts and perhaps covered in filth or whatever it may be. But I'm simply saying, man, if you could be willing to come and try and come and see and come and take a risk on how God may do something with your life and your heart and that, who knows what he'll do for your community. Now there's diving into the end of the the, the deep end of the swimming pool on your own and struggling to dog paddle and hoping that you don't drown. And there's having someone start you out mm-hmm. alongside you in the shallow end, get you acclimated exactly. to the feeling of the water, and you go a little bit deeper in, and you learn how to dog paddle effectively, and maybe you swallow a little bit of water, but somebody's there to help you. And that really is a big dynamic of what SF City Impact is doing through the Leadership School. And I want to talk more mm-hmm. about that after a timeout. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ryan has agreed to stay with us, largely because we duct-taped him to the chair. <laughs> a effective idea, by the way. <laughs> so we're going to take a brief time out get you caught up on a little bit of traffic here we're busy with ryan sue he is the leadership school director part of sf city impact information available on the web at sfcityimpact.com that's sfcityimpact.com when we come back we're going to talk about exactly how you can learn to develop not just a heartbeat but to really experience what a real live training environment is like to acquire the kind of skills that will allow you in a dynamic way to bloom where you're planted, to impact your own local community. We'll find out how as our conversation with Ryan Sue continues here on the Friday edition of Lifeline, live from the 58th annual Bass Convention, the Bass Church Workers Convention here at Redwood Chapel in Castro Alley. Details on the web at bassconvention.org. Traffic time. And it's 6.16. Let's swing over to the KFAX Traffic Center as gently and easily as we go and get you updated on the Friday ride home. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. All right. Welcome back to the conversation. 6.20 exactly, the Friday edition of Lifeline. We're here coming to you from Redwood Chapel, 19300 Redwood Road in Castro Valley host church for the annual Bass Church Workers Convention. 58 years running, amazing, and an amazing series of workshops. There's still a full day left. Of course, tonight there'll be a general session 
in just about uh, 40 minutes as the crow flies. Kurt Harlow, senior pastor of Bayside Church of Sacramento, will be speaking. Then tomorrow morning, looking forward to that general session with Dr. Jerry Buckner, host of Contending for the Faith and senior pastor at Tiburon Christian Fellowship. That'll be tomorrow morning at 9.30 a.m. Details online at bassconvention.org. We're continuing to visit with Ryan Sue. Ryan is the leadership school director at SF City Impact, and we've been talking a bit about his experience and and what this organization is doing and the opportunity to really go to school. And I mean that figuratively and literally. That oftentimes, we talked about this earlier, Ryan, there's been so many changes in our society and culture. And I've long been of the opinion, if you learn how to do effective ministry here in San Francisco, with so many challenges and such broad diversity, if you can get a handle on it here, God can pick you up and plant you anywhere else, probably on the planet, and you can be a success. There is a a melting pot here that really is unlike any other part of the world, isn't there? Yeah. I mean, for us, the heart of the leadership school is we want to give opportunity, we want to equip and empower the next generation of Christian leaders to really experience what ministry is, experience how to learn in an environment like this so they can love people relentlessly and, and really like lead in every aspect of life. And what does that what does that demographic look like? You talked about your own experience, a yeah. kid from suburbia down in Southern California yeah. coming up here to the inner city. Mm-hmm. And so when you talk about sort of the cross-section of who does this apply for, people listening right now saying, I'm not sure if this is for me. So what does that picture look like? Well, we, we see... It's, it's, it's interesting seeing how City Impact being an organization that's about 35 years old. About 10 years ago, our demographic shifted from about about mid-50s to now our average age of our staff and student body is about 21, 22 years old. Wow. Um, so really the idea of the leadership school is saying, like, how does a, a college student, how does someone age 18 to 25 learn what we do, get involved, and really get equipped for ministry and leadership. And this is, and and I want to be careful how I phrase this, because I don't want it to appear that I am somehow um, uh, suggesting that the book knowledge is not important. Certainly it's important. And you can go to a seminary, you can go to a Bible college, and get wonderful education and and book knowledge. I think one of the things that sets... What you're doing at SF City Impact, apart from the traditional seminary setting, is this is real world, roll up your sleeves, get in there and make it happen, learn by doing, make the mistakes, repent, yeah. And, yeah. and really get a chance to, uh, you know, iron sharpening iron mm-hmm. from, from a learning experience right alongside other people that are there in the frontline trenches saying, how do you start a conversation with somebody sure. that you don't know and don't find fairly attractive but needs to hear the gospel. Yeah, well, Craig, I would say that I don't necessarily, like, I don't despise book learning either because I I was seminary trained. I got my MDiv and everything. And so my heartbeat for the leadership school is saying, man, every day we're going to read through the Bible. Every morning we're going to have class for an hour. We're going to pray together. But after that, you're going to be in the trenches. You're going to learn. You're going to understand how to have a conversation with someone from an opposite worldview as you. Um, in a completely different cross-cultural setting. And so, like, we pair the two together, where they're learning from the book. They're learning from, like, sermons and pastors and other people. But then they see it in real life within 
a 24-hour period and they apply it and they, like you said, make mistakes and they screw up, but their mentor walks them through it and we disciple them through it and we say, hey, try again, now do this instead. So this is really, as I suggested earlier, the um, the swimming pool experience, but yeah. not just dropped into the deep end and, and given a life raft yeah. and said good luck, but rather coming alongside and you're working with fellow team members that are experienced that um, they've got time in the trenches so yeah. that they can re- you can really uh, you know learn what Jesus sent them out two by two right exactly. and it's the same idea here exactly and what's fun for us too because we're in San Francisco and in, in, in the Tenderloin um, if you're not familiar with where the Tenderloin is situated we're very close to the financial district to Union Square to all these tech companies we actually have opportunities to have like tech workers who are Christians to come and teach some of our classes so they can explain what marketplace ministry looks like beyond a typical ministry setting and we can have them learn from our staff who are pastors and been in the trenches like you said for 30 some odd years um, so there's such a variety of learning that can happen for any of our students that I'm excited for what God is doing our goal our dream is we want to fill our, our housing which is right in the heart of the Tenderloin on site in one of our facilities with 50 students this coming term to, to say I want to learn in the Tenderloin I want to get a college degree in the Tenderloin online through one of our partner universities. I want to be trained to do this in my entire life so I can be a leader in the church. And, you know, so much has been demonstrated over and over again that one of the best methods for learning, and certainly everybody has a different, you know, style way yeah. and style of how they absorb information, but by far one of the most effective means of learning is immersion. Mm-hmm. You know, if you said to me, hey, I'd like to move to Germany someday and live there, but I don't know anything about German culture. I don't know what they eat. I don't know how to speak their language. You want to learn how? Go take a trip to Germany. Mm-hmm. Go stay there for a couple of three, four months. Go rent a B&B or, or stay at a hostel. Mm-hmm. And the immersion opportunity that really puts you in it where it is kind of sink or swim in a sense, but it really gives you an opportunity to learn in a fashion that is just absolutely second to none. Yeah, yeah, like our students... Their experience on any given day can be leading a guest group from Ohio to having a conversation with someone in a building who's a a practicing Wiccan to learning how to clean out a trash can because this is just how life is, serving in the inner city. Like that is the the variety of an experience of a student. And I'm in the firm belief that, man, when you walk away from your experience here, when you graduate, when you finish in May or over the summer, you are well equipped to do anything that God may ask you to do for the kingdom of God. You come to San Francisco, you may encounter opportunities to minister to somebody who only speaks Cantonese or Mandarin or Vietnamese or Spanish. Again, you know, it, it's it's a smorgasbord of cultures yeah. and languages. And so in, in terms of that, if somebody says, well, you know, I've got a background. I, You know, my folks are from Vietnam, so mm-hmm. I speak Vietnamese there can be a real special opportunity to come to a place like San Francisco Absolutely. and have encounters, not only with Vietnamese-speaking people that live here in San Francisco, mm-hmm. but the tourists that come through and the opportunity to potentially touch somebody's life for Christ, and then they literally take the gospel a world away. Exactly. One of my favorite experiences from what our mission trip a couple of years ago is we had a traveling group from Denmark who they had never heard of poverty or homelessness and they somehow googled us and came and served with us for a, wow. for a day none of these guys are christians if you've heard about anything going on in europe they're a post-christian society all Very that stuff so. and 
talking to these students from Denmark, you just hear that they had never seen the amount of poverty, but they'd also never seen a church as outwardly loving as they had seen us. And so we got to minister to these high school students who had never heard of Jesus and never understood what a tangible expression of love looked like in the gospel setting. And there's one thing to read about it. It's something entirely different to experience it and witness it with your own eyes and experience it for yourself. Exactly. So toward that end, for people that are listening to our conversation saying, you know, you've you've really piqued my interest here. Mm -hmm. Either I myself or... (laughs) I have a friend or loved one that I know this would be ideal for. They want to learn more. How can they go deeper, maybe come, visit, experience, see yeah. what's going on, and then find out about making a longer-term commitment to that, that immersion education that we've been talking about? Yeah, especially if you're in the Bay Area, we always encourage everyone to visit. Come by, come to the Tenderloin, contact us. Um, anyone can make a beautiful website. We, we want people to see the work that we do. And because often when you see the work, God touches your heart and says, like, man, do something about this. And yesterday you gave my cell phone out and it is blown up. And so I'm like, man, if, if you want to do that and that's helpful again. Let's uh, blow up your cell phone again, <laughs> shall we? Is this the right number? I want to make sure I, I gave out the right one. Yeah, that's the one. And said, okay. That's the one. All right, get ready to jot this thing down here. We're going to just bring it off the hook. Uh, as you're hearing, <laughs> what's exciting about this is for those of us that, that live and work and call the Bay Area home, and we want to impact our communities for Christ, be it parts of San Jose or the East Bay or, or Contra Costa County, wherever you might hear our conversation tonight, and you say, where can I go to really understand the breadth and depth of this kind of where the rubber meets the road, mm-hmm. frontline ministry City Impact San Francisco can really help you to that regard. And as you've heard from Ryan Sue, who is the um, leadership school director, uh, ready and willing to meet you with open arms, come down for a visit, volunteer for an afternoon, and uh, kind of experience what it's like and then pray about what kind of a longer-term educational experience this could be for you. It could literally be not just life-changing, but world-changing sfcityimpact.com that's sfcityimpact.com or call Ryan directly 24 hours, well maybe not that (laughs) you can call Ryan directly or even text him a message and say Ryan I heard you on the radio, can you connect up with me, send me some more information how can I set up an appointment to come up and visit you can reach him at area code 415-909-8975 that's 415-909-8975 You've talked about younger people, but even established ministries here that say, wow, we woke up one day and our entire neighborhood has changed. We don't know how to ministry minister to the very neighborhood around us. Can we come and learn from you guys? So even for established, mature ministries yeah. here in the Bay Area, you can help them too, can't you? Absolutely. We do a one-day conference on July 18th where we invite churches from all over the Bay to come and serve and learn and see what we do and say, hey, do this in your own neighborhoods. We want every church the entire body of Christ to come together and say, we want to impact our community for Jesus. It's not about building a kingdom small K. It's building the kingdom, capital K. Check it out, sfcityimpact.com. SF, like abbreviating San Francisco, sfcityimpact.com. Or call Ryan Sue directly at 415-909-8975. That's 415-909-8975. Or online at sfcityimpact.com. And Ryan Sue, the director of the Leadership School, thanks for dropping by. Thanks for having me Good to visit with you again. All right, 632, let's check out traffic. Ah, That may not sound like fun. 
Find out what's going on out there from the KFAX Traffic Center. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. All right, welcome back. 6.36 on the clock, and uh, we're moving into the remaining moments of the live broadcast. Once again, here from the 58th Annual Bass Church Workers Convention, the Bass Convention hosted once again this year by our good friends at Redwood Chapel Community Church, 19300 Redwood Road in Castro Valley. Keynote speaker tonight at 7 p.m., Pastor Kurt Harlow from Bayside Church, Sacramento. Of course, tomorrow, workshops all day long. And at 9.30 a.m., the general session with our own Dr. Jerry Buckner, senior pastor of Tiburon Christian Fellowship and the host of Contending for the Faith. Heard Saturday nights at 7 p.m. right here on KFAX. So lots of great resources available to you. Check it out online at BassConvention.org. That's BassConvention.org. Over the last, oh, probably year and a half, two years, we've had a variety, a mixed bag of news to share with you in relationship to what's going on on the front lines of the battle for life. Some of the news of recent times, as you know, if you follow this program with any degree of regularity, has not always been good news. For example, we just narrowly lost votes in the Senate in relationship to a couple of key bills. One was the, uh, the, the 20-week abortion ban act. The other was a piece of legislation that was literally designed to spare the life of children that were born alive in a so-called botched abortion. Both of those bills narrowly going down to defeat in the U.S. Senate. We have a Louisiana issue that right now is before the United States Supreme Court. We're hopeful there with the change of the makeup in the Supreme Court that will be a favorable decision. But it seems like we've been hearing a lot of negativity on this topic in in recent weeks and months and so we thought let's um, let's shift this for a moment shall we because while the headline news may seem to be negative there's so many untold exciting positive stories that you're never going to read about on the front page of the san francisco chronicle it's just not going to happen but my next guest knows about them he's going to share them because they're there really literally on the front lines of helping women who find themselves in quite frankly, unplanned, sometimes crisis-level pregnancies. Albert Lee is with us. He is the Chief Executive Officer of Support Circle. Albert, great to see you again. Wonderful to be with you, Craig. You get a chance to hear the stories of all the good news that we don't often pick up and see in the front page of the newspaper. We hear all the negativity, but I want you to take a couple of moments, if you would. Wow. You know, we look at the big numbers. We say how many untold millions that have been aborted since 1973 and the Roe v. Wade decision. That's certainly part of the story and a big part of the story, but that isn't the only story here, is it? Mm-hmm. No, it's not. You know, uh, one piece of huge great news for abortion is that the U.S. abortion rate is actually at an all-time historic low. It's never been lower than right now. So it's actually 13.5 per 1,000 women of reproductive age. And to give that a little context... In the mid-80s, it was more than twice that amount. And there's even better news, too. The, the California abortion rate is at an all-time 
historic low. Some people are surprised to hear that. The California abortion rate is 16.4 per thousand women of reproductive age. So I tell people that there's still work to be done in California because the California rate is higher than the national average, but it's never been lower than right now. And that encourages a lot of people. And, Albert, I find that so remarkable because we think about how widespread promiscuity is today and, and all the... The, the internet has brought us and we see what's on television and my goodness i mean what what passes today is you know, mundane entertainment 20 years ago was considered outright pornography and so you think about this and think wow what's going on here then what's what's the behind the scenes story that helps us to better understand why there's been such a significant decrease in the abortion rates at a time when you would think just the opposite should be happening Mm -hmm. yeah you know there's a number of factors going on all all at the same time craig and so uh we can't point to one thing but one thing we know is that teenage pregnancy is down um, so a concerning thing is that uh, depression and, and suicide are, are up, but teenage pregnancy is, is way down. And um, some, other, some other trends, some other factors, there's been a lot of um, laws, abortion restrictive laws pack, passed around the country, a lot of them. And there's, there have been a lot of uh, abortion providers who have closed around the country. And then there's the good work of uh, clinics just like Support Circle who are working directly to bring help and hope to women in in pregnancies. And so all of these factors are going on all at once. And and technology plays a big role in that too, doesn't it? I mean, support, for example, is in addition to being a a, a place for a woman in a crisis pregnancy to go and and get some advice, to get some support, literally, but also you're a full-on medical clinic Mm -hmm. and uh, we so often hear these stories about a woman who goes in and says, I have absolutely made the decision, this is just kind of checking one more thing off the list before I go into the abortionist and have this procedure done but before i do i'm going to stop and get a sonogram and that one thing alone such a remarkable bit of of science that's allowing women to begin to understand that this is not just a blob of tissue as they've so often been lied to but an actual human being Mm-hmm. And the ability of organizations like Support Circle to provide those kinds of services to help women understand the whole picture. That, that's, I've got to believe, been a big part of this change in the trend of, of the decrease in the rate of abortion as well. Yeah, it, it, it really is. You know, well, when people come into our clinics, they get time, space, and support. And it's unpressured space. And what what a breath of fresh air that is in, in the Bay Area. You know, life Modern life in the Bay Area is frenetic. It's busy. We're always go, 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 go. And sometimes uh, we just don't connect with our, our feelings and our emotions and, and, our, and, our, and our thought process. And so when patients come to our clinics, that's what they get. They get space to be able to just uh, process through their emotions and look, take a look at all of the different things going on in their life that they need to sort through and they can sit down with somebody to help them do that uh, somebody who will listen to them and just walk through them uh... Through, walk through that with them and then our nurses provide excellent medical information excellent medical care they're very knowledgeable they do a lot of patient education and you know uh... at a lot of uh, hospitals doctors offices they don't get a lot of time i mean uh... doctors are always pushed for for time because they're just so busy but in our clinics uh, our patients can come and they, they can get quite a bit of time with the nurse uh, and just walk through a lot of education. 
of course, all of these good, exciting, and encouraging things um, are demonstrative of many of the positive changes that are taking place, even if it doesn't make the headline news, as I said earlier. But it wasn't always like that. In fact, when Support Circle first came into being, the, the, the rates of abortions in America um, per 1,000 were, were pretty discouraging, weren't they? That's right. That's right. Uh, when we were founded in 1984, the California abortion rate was actually 47.9, so that it was three times higher than it is today. That's a lot of abortions. In fact, the abortion rate in Alameda County actually exceeded the live birth rate at that time, and that's how our ministry got started. There were Christians in three congregations, two in Berkeley and one in Oakland, who were concerned about UC Berkeley students. And at that time in the mid-80s, for UC Berkeley students, if they got pregnant, there was nothing available for them other than abortion. There wasn't any help, any information, any services other than abortion. And so out of that concern, um, these Christians got to talking and, and organizing, and they formed what became our organization. And we started as one tiny little counseling office on Ashby Avenue in Berkeley, and uh, the Lord just blessed it, and we've grown tremendously uh, since that, since then. And uh, today, we have three licensed medical clinics. Now, what about for you personally? I mean, you know, in all of the years that I've been involved in the pro-life movement, it's not unusual to have women who understand. Maybe they've even had the experience themselves, so they get a, a, a heartbeat for other women that they don't want to see them make the same mistake that they made. So women involved in all of this, that makes sense. But what about you personally? What brought you to the front lines? Yeah, I'm really passionate about this because, uh, Craig, I have five daughters, um, actually. And, you know, I want there to be places where uh, young women can go and find um, hope and help and care uh, if they can't go to anyone else, you know, in their life. Uh, but then just beyond that, personally, when, when I was a kid, um, my father got ill with cancer, actually, when I was nine years old, and he eventually passed away from the cancer. And so my mother, she had to raise my sister and I as a single mom. And so I know how hard that is, uh, you know, as a single parent raising kids. And so it's just always been something huge on my heart to help families who are in difficult situations. As we mentioned, this, of course, is a battle that is enjoined on so many fronts and and really a place for any and all of us that have a heartbeat for life, that value life. Um, often that encompasses people of faith, but not always. Sometimes people just say, you know, I, 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 I don't identify necessarily uh, as being a, a, a Christian per se or, or particularly religious, but I believe in the value of life. When we come back, I want to talk about some of the, the, the lines, the battle lines that have been drawn and the various roles that can be played in making an effort to continue to stem the tide of abortion and provide the kind of support and encouragement that women need when they find themselves in an unplanned pregnancy. We're visiting with Albert Lee. Albert is the CEO of Support Circle. More information available on the web at supportcircle.org. That's supportcircle.org. I'll mention, by the way, that there's a very special banquet, or actually a luncheon that's going to be coming up on Saturday, March the 28th, 10 a.m. until 1 p.m. at the Crown Plaza in Foster City. Chelsea Cameron is going to be the keynote speaker, of course, a well-known actress and the wife 
of um, the television star Kirk Cameron. It's going to be an exciting opportunity for you to come out, enjoy a meal, enjoy some fellowship, and also enjoy many of the exciting testimonies about lives that are being changed and the impact that Support Circle is having on the lives of women and families across the Bay Area. You can get more information about this event again Saturday, March the 28th at the Crown Plaza Hotel in Foster City by going to supportcircle.org. That's supportcircle.org. And we'll take a time out, come back to more of our conversation with Albert Lee as the Friday edition of Lifeline continues. But first, time for a final look at traffic, 648 on the clock. And here's that wrap-up for you from the KFAX Traffic Center. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. All right, we're in the home stretch as we continue on our live broadcast from the Bass Convention here at Redwood Chapel in Castro Valley. Details on the web at bassconvention.org. Albert Lee is with us. Albert is the CEO of Support Circle. And, Albert, just before the break, we were talking about the variety of battle lines. And, of course, we're seeing battles being wrought in the United States Supreme Court, certainly uh, politically from Washington, D.C. to Sacramento. In this bigger picture, where does Support Circle find itself? Where, where are you in the battle lines? Yeah, a lot of people are working a lot of different things, but Support Circle is working so that the lives of Bay Area women, babies, and men are safeguarded from the traumas of unplanned pregnancies and sexual risk. And we do that through medical care and patient advocacy in our licensed clinics. So women and men will find time, space, and support. Uh, we walk alongside them, and we provide an environment of really personalized care for them. And one thing I think unique and, and really is a, is a counterbalance to organizations like Planned Parenthood that have a very specific, very narrow agenda, and that agenda has a strong profit motive behind it and is uniquely limited in making sure that there's as much restriction of information as possible and um, the, the beauty about what Support Circle is doing is you want to lay it all out there. You want women to understand that, yes, clearly they are aware that abortion is an option, but there are other options, too, that are perhaps far more viable and readily available to you than you ever imagined. And that really is key, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. You know, um, women, uh, you know, they, they, they come to us and... At some level, generally, they're, they're usually conflicted at some level about their pregnancy. And uh, they, they just need to explore. And what they're fearing is uh, they're fearing pressure. They're fearing judgment. And sometimes there's a lot of self-judgment already there. And what they're not finding in other places is just some unpressured time and space. And there's usually, uh, typically, the people in their lives are telling them what to do or pressuring them what to do strongly and when they come to support circle they won't find any of that uh, really they'll just find um, that there's uh, somebody who's really knowledgeable who will answer any of their questions and we'll explore the questions that they want to address so our, our agenda is is them more often than not down through the years when i've had the opportunity to interview post post abortive women whether the abortion was 10 years ago 
80 years ago, whatever the case may be, and there was a woman who was actually in her 80s that we talked to one time who had had an abortion back in the day when it was completely illegal in the United States, who was still dealing with the trauma of that experience from 60 years before. Um, but quite often I hear the theme, they felt pressured, they felt that there were no options available to them, but worst of all, they felt so terribly alone that the stigma of this or the lack of, of support by family or the father in the case just felt, left them feeling as if they had no one to lean on. There was no support there. So it sounds like a big component of what Support Circle offers in addition to the medical services, prenatal care once they decide to carry a child to term, certainly things like the, the, uh, the ultrasound that we talked about a moment ago. But just being there, to be an ear, sometimes is, is all the difference in the world, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's it's really it's a it's a unique combination of medical care and then patient advocacy. So yes, the the registered nurse is going to provide the pregnancy testing, the obstetric ultrasound, the patient education, and then we combine that with uh, patient advocacy, who will provide access to community resources, help patients strengthen their support networks and identify their internal strengths, and assist them to develop action plans to overcome their obstacles. So it's, it's face-to-face work with women and men. It's, it's medical care and practical care all in one. And that kind of uh, personalized care, it really, it really doesn't exist in a typical doctor's office where your, your time of appointment, you're maybe five minutes, you're, you're in and you're out. Yeah. Uh, take a moment, if you would, before our time wraps up to talk about this upcoming I call it a luncheon. It really is a celebration of sorts coming up on Saturday, March the 28th there at the um, uh, the uh, hotel in, in Foster City at the Crown Plaza. Tell us all about that. Yeah, the benefit lunch. It's our annual benefit, and it's going to be such a lovely event because it's really the, the best way for people to come and find out what what is the good work that's being done here in the Bay Area with Bay Area moms and Bay Area dads and um, to hear the stories. Um, and one, one thing I'm really excited about is our keynote speaker, Chelsea Cameron. Um, she herself um, is, is, is a mom, and she herself is a very accomplished professional. But um, sh- her story, she's going to share her story. She actually owes her life to a pregnancy center, and so she's going to be talking a lot about her testimony. Yeah, we had her on the program a couple of weeks ago, and uh, if you heard that interview, you have a sense of what Albert is talking about. And if you didn't, boy, regardless, are you in for a treat? Again, I'll mention the date that's going to be coming up on Saturday, March the 28th. That'll be at 10 a.m., a luncheon at the Crown Plaza Hotel in Foster City. Plenty of free parking. What's neat about this is no matter where you're at in the Bay Area, on a Saturday you're about 15 minutes away, San Francisco, the South Bay, the East Bay, right there conveniently on the peninsula right as you get off the uh, the 92 at 101 in Foster City. Saturday, March the 28th, 10 a.m. until 1 p.m., Still an opportunity to make some reservations and be there. There's no cost. You do have to, though, reserve online by going to supportcircle.org forward slash benefit. That's right. Again, supportcircle.org forward slash benefit. It's going to be a fun time, and I really hope that people take a moment right now while there are still seats available to reserve their seat to come, not only help to support and encourage Support Circle, but to enjoy a good morning and fellowship and certainly uh, some great stories that they'll enjoy too. 
Yeah, you know, and uh, people forget that these kind of wonderful stories, you know, happen. If I can just tell one really briefly, you know, uh, um, you know, there's one woman named Leslie comes to mind. She had a, a daycare center in uh, San Francisco. She wanted to become the executive director of the daycare center, so she was actually in a, enrolled in a college program for that. And then, and she's married, and she had two children, and she discovered that she was pregnant with a third child. And uh, the due date was before the end of her program, so she was really stressed out because and felt that this third pregnancy was going to push her marriage and her pregnancy past the breaking point. The breaking point, and that's when she came to Support Circle. And um, you know, we we sprung into action and we gave her all that uh, medical information she was needing. But then we really helped her practically, and we helped her form a communication plan for her professors so she could arrange different deadlines. We helped her with. Uh, couples counseling with her and her husband Joe. We helped uh, connect her with a mentor, a local school principal. We helped her to map out her uh, logistics, and so it turned out beautifully. Leslie had the baby. She graduated from her program. She became the executive director of the daycare center, and then her center became a Head Start program site, and uh, she was able to uh, secure a number of grants. Um, she and Joe have since had another baby. And so these these kind of success stories are happening all the time, and we need to remember that. And that luncheon is a time to celebrate stories like Absolutely. that. Absolutely, and that's just one example of thousands and more that you'll hear that morning. Details on the web, supportcircle.org. That's supportcircle.org. And I'd like to thank Albert Lee, the CEO of Support Circle, for dropping by and spending some time. Thanks, Greg. We'll see you coming up on the 28th. Hey, we'll see you coming up Monday at 5 o'clock. In the meantime, let's uh, thank our producer, Wanda Sanchez. Uh, we, of course, got uh, Mr. Mike Matthews, our on-site engineer and operations manager. Joel Rivera back at the studio. Wanda Cornelius, who keeps us all in line. That's probably the biggest job she has. And I'd like to thank you for being a part of the program tonight. That's going to do it for me, Craig Roberts. We'll see you back here next week. Till then, remember, don't just keep the faith. Get on out there and share it. Make it a great Friday evening. So long. Opinions expressed in the preceding program do not necessarily represent the views of the ownership, staff, or management of KFAX. Copyright Salem Communications, all rights reserved.